world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we just wrapped up the All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis. You're listening to Monday, February 19th show. I'm recording this on Sunday evening after the after the All-Star game has wrapped up. And I can tell you, the weekend happened. It definitely happened. I watched a lot of a lot of it on television. It for sure went down. Um I think it's a little busted, but um, I, there were some enjoyable moments along the way. I want to talk about Scoot Henderson, who um, has the tools of a has the, has the makings, the, the trappings of a star in this league. If if he can put it together, uh, and I want to talk about a very prescient quote from Josh Hart that speaks to the core of what is wrong with All Star Weekend as it is, and kind of I'll lay my thoughts out about what I what I liked and didn't like from uh, from the weekend that was in Indianapolis, and then we'll close the show. Do Upreath got paid, and by that I mean he got his two way contract converted to a real NBA deal. Get that money, Do Up. We'll talk about what that means and uh, implications for the near and medium term for your Portland Trailblazers. Let's start though talking scoot um scoot played for team tamika in the 2024 that's tamika catchings uh f- former nba greats or WNBA greats uh, tennessee legend and eventually indiana fever um but the the way the rising stars game works now is that it's three teams and they play uh excuse me four teams and they play a tournament um, it's hard to play three teams in a tournament, four teams in a tournament. So you get, you know, two early games and you get a final game and you play to a target score of 40. So a scoop was in the first game. Um, I, I think playing the first game of these things is, um, a, a bit of a challenge because you don't know how serious the other guys are going to take it. <laughs> it's hard in the sort of this age of all-star where it's like the, a lot of stuff is not competitive it is hard to know whether to go hard or not um and i think that 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 kind of poisons the first game a little bit because it's like are we supposed to are we supposed to play hard are we um i i think scoot was arguably the best player on on his team um a, a team that 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 wasn't light on talent keegan murray Paolo bancaro jalen duran jaden ivy along with scoots uh, off the bench he got keontae george and vince williams uh dyson daniels didn't play because he was hurt but like bancaro and, Ke- and keegan murray are like legitimately good players ben- bancaro's you know played in the game a couple nights later on sunday so like um you know this was and i think he was the best player on on his team or at least like probably the best player on his team like he hit a top of the key three early or about midway through the game it was, was given the lead of like 22 so but, but when they were in the early 20s um had a had a fast break left-handed layup scoot henderson full speed using his left hand around walker kessler something you don't see very often in nba games but um I, scoot has made some left-handed layups this year but he is right hand dominant as they come and 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 for sure and then he had a, a the the highlight of the night the best the best highlight probably from all of rising stars um of, of the four games or, excuse me of the, of the three games um he get he gets it on the left wing a super serious hesitation the hezzy of your dreams uh, and by that i mean he carried the ball but hezzy of your dreams gets uh chet holmgren to jump oh no shouldn't have jumped drives into the paint uh, after he gets Chet in the air, attacks Walker Kessler at the rim, scoops and moves around Kessler and one layup finish. Let's go! 
show. Um, highlight of the whole highlight of the whole Friday night. It was great. Um, was it against the rules? Yeah, yeah. That's just, but uh, if there's any time that you should allow cool dribbling moves and and um, eschew the rules of basketball it's in a Rising Stars game, school look good. School look good. The the like I, I said, you know, he's, he's the trappings of of a star in this league. Sure, he played great, great in this game. Played well in this game. You know, he's uh, if you're into the counting stats, he finished with with ten points and an assist on four of six shooting in eleven minutes. Like, and and they lose target score to they thirty five forty. They lose, but like the thing that made me think Scoot has it potential. Oh, another funny thing. This is Scoot's third Rising Stars game because he's been in the G League and he's kind of been like that dude and they've been like, they really use the Rising Stars game to like promote the G League Ignite for um, obvious reasons. But like, it's... <laughs> is anyone else ever going to play in three Rising Stars games? I guess Ron Holland and Matches Bazellas have a chance because they played in one as a G League so they could make it rookie and sophomore season. Outside chance, Scoot plays in four though. Four. Four. If he makes it next year. I mean, assuming he would, I guess he could like decline. But yeah, like Scoot, four, excuse me, four time Rising Stars alum. Um, that's incredible. Uh, NBA record, untouchable if he, if he makes it to four. But like, what made me think like Scoot's a star wasn't the that, the basketball game. I'm sure this is cool. Like, you know, he wears goggles, got a cool look. His name's Scoot. He's like, he's got, he's very marketable in and of itself. But you know, you do a bunch of dumb media stuff at All Star. There's like there's there are media t- media um, availabilities where you sit on a lectern and everyone comes around and they ask you like, who would be on your NBA Mount Rushmore? What's your favorite WNBA team? If you could only have one flavor of ice cream on a desert island, which of your teammates would spoon feed it to you? Um, and it's just like you know, f- fun little social media type questions, questions that would like sort of fuel the TikTok machine. I don't even think that's on TikTok. No one cares. Um, anyway, rum raisin and uh rob williams but um it's he just he sat there for 15 minutes at the stupid media session and just holds court and he answers questions and he has personality and he's like um and he, there is just something about him that he like he has a, he is camera ready he has whatever the sort of it factor of like yeah when this dude talks it's fun to listen to him scoot has that scoot has that um he doesn't have this supreme confidence yet when he came to the league he had supreme confidence i think it's been a little shaken by the fact that he has not been very good to start his career and that he's really bad to begin it and like lost the starting job and all the sort of natural things of like not living up to maybe a very high expectations i think you early in the year he had this just unwavering, you know, in the preseason and stuff, unwavering confidence. You don't see that there, but he's got a certain, just like panache. He's got a certain dude pops. And then he does his, his, his shoe stuff. He has a hot Cheeto sneaker. It's a Puma sneaker that looks like a, um, that has like branding or whatever coloring of, of hot Cheetos. looks like your favorite, uh, puffy corn chip or crunchy corn chip. I'm a crunchy person myself, but like, and he goes and does sneaker stuff. Like, this is what stars do at All-Star Weekend. They play in a game that doesn't matter, and then they do some media that makes them endearing, and then they go promote their brand. Scoot's got it. Scoot's got it. And if he ever turns into a really good NBA player, he is he is just, he's ready to be this. Um, he has all of the soft skills to be a star. He's got to put it together on the courts. He's been way better at the second half of his uh, second third of his rookie season than the first third. Um, started out bumpy. He looks like he's he's putting it together recently. And the rising stars can hopefully, um, I don't know if it's going to like give him confidence that he scored 10 points in a meaningless basketball game on Friday evening. But I, I, I think you are seeing the outlines of someone who could be 
that sort of like who has the he has the personality and the um willingness and to be like a true star in the league scoot if his game catches up to what he is capable of with all of the all of the off-court stuff he's it's going to be a star in the league i have no doubt about it and 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 all-star weekend really drove that home for me okay in the second segment i I want to talk about the weekend itself um there was a moment at the end of the rising stars game that i kind of speaks to this and i think it carried out as the sort of theme throughout the weekend culminating with a truly terrible all-star game on Sunday evening. That's that's what we'll do to close the show. I want to I want to talk about that. The, the, Josh Hart had it right. He didn't know he had it right, but he absolutely 150% had it right. Let me tell you how right Josh Hart had it. Join me in that second segment. Before we get there, let me tell you about Grammarly. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. So whether that's emails or presentations or collaboration just you know, in office with your coworkers, Grammarly can help. It's your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, and personalized suggestions, not just nonsense. They can really, really help you, and their tone can help you navigate even the most difficult work situations. So whether that's crafting that super important email or putting together the perfect presentation that you're going to need to, uh, why not use Grammarly? It is a online platform that started as the thing that could check your spell check your work and has grown over the last decade to be an invaluable tool. It's the gold standard of responsible AI, 14 years of experience, and just about Every IT certification under the sun. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that helps make your point faster. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right. Josh Hart has a new podcast because that's what NBA players do now. They make podcasts. It's tough for nerds like me. Josh, buddy, chill. (laughs) Glad you didn't have the podcast when we were uh, worked in the same city. Um, but Josh Hart now has a podcast called called Roommates. He hosts with Jalen Brunson, his college teammates. Um, they did something in 2016 with Villanova. I can't recall at all. It's just a black hole in my memory. Truly, I imagine nothing happened, but I think they did something important um, at that point. But um, they host a podcast together where they chit-chat and they hope they answer questions off the internet. And, you know, it's a podcast. You can, you can imagine what they do. But they had a question. There was a question on their show that was, which players in the NBA could you beat up in a fight? Which is like the type of... Uh, the type of thing that uh, it just wouldn't make the program here on Locked on Blazers, but good on them for, for entertaining it briefly. But what Josh Hart said was after, you know, in, in amongst questions that nobody wants to fight in the league. Nobody's, nobody's about to fight. This was before Isaiah Stewart punched Drew Eubanks in the face. This was like literally the day before I saw this clip. But... Um, Josh Hart said nobody, nobody really wants to fight in the league. Like that's not, that's not what it's about. What they want to do. This is the prescient quote from 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 my man Jay Hart. They just want to vibe, and get paid. Doesn't that sound like the problem with All Star Weekend is that everyone wants to just vibe and get paid, and so the competition sucks. 
it is, you know, I'm not old enough to remember um, like the 88 All-Star game or whatever. And like, oh, it was amazing back then. But I remember just like vaguely more competitive games in the 90s. And I think the NBA getting rid of the Elam ending um, ended the sort of artificially competitive way. They made the games at least a little better over the last couple of years, but they don't have the target score. You just play the minutes now and it sucks. Uh, before we got to Sunday and it really sucked, on Friday night, you saw it immediately. Bla- uh, f- future Blazers legend Mattis Bozellis, um in the in the championship of the Rising Stars game uh, hits hits a baseline turnaround jump shot uh, off kind of a broken play to to seal seal the tournament. Um, and he doesn't know whether he's supposed to celebrate or not. And his teammates don't know if they're supposed to celebrate or not either. Nobody knows whether they're supposed to be happy or competitive or thankful to have won the game because they don't know if it's cool to win. So he kind of like doesn't really celebrate. His teammates on the court don't really celebrate. And then Ron Holland, his teammate on uh, G League Night, comes running off the bench and bumps into him and gives him the chest bump. Like, let's go! And he's hyped. Um, But Ron Holland maybe didn't get the memo because nobody else really celebrated because they're just too busy vibing and getting paid. And why would you ruin the vibes by celebrating a game that wasn't particularly competitive to begin with? I think the 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 Rising Stars does have the advantage of the target score. Um, I think playing to 40 makes it a lot better because you get, you're down like 32-20 and you're like, oh, we're going to lose. And I know we're going to lose because I can see the number. And, and like guys naturally, games got naturally more competitive. I didn't love how they made the championship game to 25. They need to play another game to 40. Um, a lot of these dudes fly all the way across the country to play like a quarter of basketball. I think they can play a little bit more. Scoop played 11 minutes. It took like a over. It took like a overnight flight from Portland to Indiana to play eleven minutes of basketball and do some media. He could have played a little bit more if his team had advanced. It would have been totally fine. Um, but like, just just vibing and vibing and getting paid. Uh, Saturday, like I I like All Star Saturday night. I didn't particularly care for the broadcast on uh, this All Star Saturday night, but I, I'm not going to get into that now. I thought it was um, I could do with a lot less Reggie and a lot less Kenny. Um, but like. I think the three-point contest is good. Uh, I think they've made the skills contest pretty good. Um, but again, the number one picks, Paolo Bancaro and uh, and Ann Edwards, they didn't they didn't go very hard. And Wemby, they didn't go very hard. They're maybe a little too cool, a little vibing and getting paid. A little too cool. The guys, you know, the hometown guys, prom king Tyrese Halliburton, who did like just an absolute media blitz. I heard him describe himself as the prom king of the weekend because he just was had to be like play mayor or whatever, play prom king as like the ambassador to Indianapolis. Um, he, him and his crew and the Pacers crew on the skills competition, they played hard. They, they actually played hard and the all-stars kind of matched them. The Tyrese Maxey, Scotty Barnes, Trey Young team. Three-point contest kind of naturally leads itself to, to be competitive because there's a clock and you're shooting threes, but no one's like intense. No one holds up the Larry Bird finger. No one walks away. No one talks smack. Damian Lord wins it and taps his wrist, but he doesn't, um, it doesn't have the juice. And then the, the dunk contest is just a mess. Um, Jalen Brown's getting, um, he's just, he's just, get, he's getting name recognition scores because, um, he's the one name the judges know and they don't know who Obi Toppin's little brother is. They know that he's Obi Toppin's little brother. That's the, that's the thing they know most about him is that he's Obi Toppin's little brother and they don't even really know who Obi Toppin is. He's a gentleman who plays for the Pacers, I guess. It's tough. Mac McClung was really good and they didn't give him any love and you kind of miss because of the way the judging worked and all of that. It just, it didn't have the pop. It just didn't have the pop. And 
I think you can redeem it a little bit, but it didn't quite have it. I thought the Steph and Sabrina thing was fun, but it's like, they did a lot of interviews. It's a little overproduced. And then you get to Sunday's game. Like, I think All-Star Saturday Night's fine. Like, I think it's fine. Um, It's, the dunk contest doesn't, I, I say this every year, so let me say it here again. The stupidest thing LeBron James, the only mistake of LeBron James's career is not doing the dunk contest in like 08 or 09 in his second or third season in the league. Um, I guess that would have been his third or his fourth. So like he's um, it's 03 draft rather, excuse me. So like 06, he should have done, he should have done the, uh, he, he should have done the dunk contest because like young Jordan did it, young Kobe did it. And then if young LeBron had did it, then you get the young guys doing it. It's cool that Jalen Brown decided to do it, but what, what you need is kind of like John Morant doing it in year two. And then Anthony Edwards doing it in year two. And then Shane Sharp doing it in year two. And like, then you get the, the, the like you get the sort of um, Sharp is not on the level of those two other guys, but like guys who are ascending stars in the league, making it happen. Uh, LeBron James killed it for a whole generation. Uh, truly the only cowardly move of his career. The rest of it is just like, weirdo LeBron stuff not doing the dunk contest true coward stuff hate it ruined it for ruined it for many generations but it was fine like dunk, Mac McClung is good at dunking I think it's fine he's out of the league it's weird but it's fine also Saturday night doesn't need saving dunk contest isn't great but it doesn't need saving right it's it, it, they've they have it's an enjoyable I enjoy watching it every year the all-star game stinks it's just a bunch of dudes vibing and getting paid it's 211.86 Damian Lord wins MVP he had a freaking great weekend, but like the game isn't competitive in any meaningful way. And I don't need it to be hyper competitive. I don't need people to bleed. Right. Um, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's not what I need. I don't need anyone to get hurt playing in the, in the game. I need it to have, I need at some point to see the best players in the world attempt to play real basketball game against each other or scrap it. We don't need to see them not play basketball. It, it, it took forever to get the game start started after nine o'clock on the East Coast. Um, it's like it's too much. It's too much. Um, it's it, it's everyone's just vibing, and getting paid. This era of of NBA players um, has no interest in competing in the All Star Game, and that's fine. The money's too big. The season's too long. We only care about your legacy if you win a championship. So trying at any other point, including the regular season, is diminished. It's diminished. It stinks. Everyone's vibing, getting paid. Um, congrats to everyone getting paid. Congrats to everyone vibing. I hope everyone had some time to blow off steam and relax and kind of enjoy snowy Indianapolis. And then they'll go somewhere warm and then we'll play basketball, which the season starts again on Thursday. Blazers play again on Friday. In an alternate timeline, this show is about Damian Lord having a a massive weekend where he wins the three-point contest and the All-Star Game MVP. But I think it's kind of a gut punch to Blazers fans. Really bittersweet. Um, not that like, I, I think most of my, um, exposure to fa- to Blazer fans rooting for Damian Lord is, is earnest rooting for him. I, have, I haven't really been exposed to people who wish ill will upon him by any means, but like, it is bittersweet to see him like, oh, well now he gets to play next to Giannis Antetokounmpo and he gets the boost of playing on a really good team. So he gets to start the all-star game. You start the all-star game, you get a little more responsibility. You get a little more responsibility as Damian Lord. He hits a half court shot with 25 seconds left and he's just going to win MVP. It's pretty fun 
to see Dame have this weekend. Uh, he's having a down shooting season. Um, I think he still would have made the all-star team even without the fan vote, but like, I think he would have got voted in by the coaches because I think he's had an all-star type year. But like, he's not, he's shooting below average from three and that's kind of hard to believe. It's been a while since you could say that about him. Even he's shooting right around league average on incredible volume or recently well above league average on incredible volume. Um, but, but he bounces back and aces threes and wins a fun three-point contest and and you know lights up the scoreboard and, and wins the MVP of the all-star game in a game that was just not competitive in any meaningful way yeah there's a world there's an alternate timeline where I'm celebrating the heck out of this but in the end I left all-star weekend thinking like I wish any person cared <laughs> I wish any person cared I wish I had seen someone this weekend where I was like it's cool that they went so hard like, I think Steph Curry cared. He really wanted to beat Sabrina Ionescu. He really wanted to make threes and prove he's the best shooter in the world and best shooter of all time. And he did. He made threes and was the best shooter of all time. Uh, and Sabrina is a good enough shooter that she put the fear into him. Uh, and that was fun. Uh, I think Steph Curry is my MVP of the weekend because he's the only one who truly cares. Uh, everyone's vibing and getting paid. You know who's getting paid? Do up breathe. You know who's vibing? Probably Duop Reef. He got his two-way deal converted to a NBA contract. Let's talk about that to close the show. Great news for our boy Duop. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the very next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, like the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's got class-exclusive Google built into your always-updating assistant you can call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone when you're driving. Instead, you've got Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play all built into your 12.3-inch HD touchscreen. It's an infotainment system right there in your car that's got everything you could possibly need. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. What about the Nissan Pathfinder? The 2024 Pathfinder has room for up to eight, has expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capabilities. Take everyone you know wherever they want to go and bring all their stuff with them too. And with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the new Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. ShopNissanUSA.com. Still a pass versus point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Duop Reef. He's sticking around. This was inevitable. Um, as soon as Duop Reef became the Blazers' backup center every single night, it was only a matter of time until the Blazers converted him to from a two-way deal to a to a full contract. And uh, basically, for a two-way guy, you're allowed to be active for 50 games. Duop was coming up against. Uh, coming up against that number on the active list. He's basically played every single night he, he's dressed. He's missed one game for a DNPCD. That's a did not play coach's decision. So every night Duop is available, he plays. It's a pretty cool deal for a 27-year-old rookie. This is a cool thing. Duop Reith's story is one of the best in the league. Grew up in South Sudan, was born in South Sudan. His family had to leave their home and end up in a uh, refugee camp as a civil war broke out. And then eventually they received uh, the clearance to leave uh, the, leave home 
and travel and move to uh, as as refugees to Western Australia. And he moved to Perth and grew up in Perth and uh, eventually matriculated his way to LSU, where he played on uh, some of those good Will Wade LSU basketball teams. And then he's been just traveling around, chasing it down to see if he can become a professional player with pit stops and summer leagues for four seasons, including this year with the Blazers, where he was obviously good. But all of those summer leagues had never translated to an opportunity and so the Blazers give him a two-way deal right like he'd he played professionally in Lebanon and in China and in Australia and there was a chance that if the Blazers didn't give him this two-way deal he was just going to end up back out playing international basketball chasing the dream but a two-way deal is enough money it's about five hundred thousand dollars that it's like you know what I'm an inch away from the dream I'm going to chase it and Duop says I would love the opportunity he plays one G League game early in the season scores 37 points you're too good to be here And then, thanks to some bad injury luck for the Blazers and Robert Williams uh, down for the season, Reith becomes the de facto backup center for the Blazers. Uh, He has to play every night. He's arguably, for a stretch, the Blazers' best center because uh, DeAndre Ayton was struggling to begin the season. And then when Ayton missed some time, he was their starting center. And Reith was clearly an NBA rotation-level player. He can shoot. Um, he's a good offensive rebounder. He's um, he sets physical screens. He's just he's like a pretty solid offensive player with some defensive shortcomings. But what he clearly is is someone who journeyed a long way to get here. So when the Blazers announced on Friday, as first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, but the Blazers made it official with an announcement on Friday. The Duop Reese contract got converted from a two-way deal to a standard NBA contract. It was reason to celebrate. It's cool as hell. Duop is a great story. He's a fun guy to root for. Like, this is exactly when you're watching a young team figure it out, finding guys like Reith. You know, Reith's 27. He's not like, he's not 22 and going to be 10 years in the league, right? Like, he could play 10 years in the league, but he'd be pretty old um, by basketball standards. Uh, but like, you know, this was a guy who was who has, you know, a short window to really have his opportunity. He gets his opportunity. He makes the most of it. Now the Blazers have signed him to an NBA deal. Uh, it's been reported by Woj that it is a three-year contract, and I have not seen it anywhere, so I apologize if it's out there and I've missed it, but I've not seen anywhere the details of the contract. I think what the interesting thing about Reith's situation is how much money did they guarantee him? It's obviously guaranteed for the remainder of this season because uh, you, you can't sign a non-guaranteed deal now and also like they want to give him some give him some love hey appreciate you here's your minimum but i assume it's a minimum contract it's for three years i the question is how much of next year is guaranteed if some of it is guaranteed great for duop if none of it is guaranteed ah dang i hope he makes the team but like um the level of commitment would be interesting right to see if um you know reef if he had gone out to free agency this summer I, I think he would have gotten a minimum deal from somebody like he's proved that he can play um, he's probably like a third center, but he's like a, but he's like an NBA rotation center or like, you know, an NBA center for sure. Like you can do, depending on what you need, like he's not a great defensive player. Um, and then he's not super big. So he's like a little undersized, but like he can shoot. He's like, he could really shoot it and he can, he's a good, he's a good offensive player. And that alone is intriguing enough to say like, okay, like I, I'm certain he would get a minimum deal out on, out in, in the market. So the Blazers, we will see, and I'll, I'll mention it here in the show, but like how much do they guarantee for next season? And when does it, is it, you know, is it partially guaranteed by making the team? Is it partially guaranteed by showing up at camp? Like I, I'd be curious to see kind of what type of financial commitment they've made to Reith because he certainly could be part of the near-term plans, but he's just, he's not on the sort of long-term plan timeline and he's not a player you like count on to be a long-term player. What he's a, what he's a type of player is that for us, the people who get to watch him, it's cool as hell. 
Like the basketball stuff is is like a, a sort of more technical and cold contractual stuff. But like the story itself is cool as hell. I am so happy for Duop. That is such it is such a cool story that he's he's getting NBA money and he's got converted. And one of the best things I saw this weekend was uh, someone telling uh, Scoot right after he uh, finished the Rising Stars game and his his media availability, like, hey, you know, Duop got converted, and he was so hyped. He was so excited. And like that's the thing you can root for with this team. They like legitimately root for each other. It's it's it is heartwarming. Um because Reef got converted to a standard contract, the Blazers will have a two-way a contract of a two-way spot open. I assume they'll use it. They've been pretty good in the sort of post-Kelgen Blevins era of actually like taking two-way contracts seriously. Um, and they need to. They're a young team. So someone is going to get another opportunity. And if you get a two-way deal, you get a chance to get, you know, get have have a chance, have have um, a real opportunity. And you can seize that opportunity like Duop did. So I, I, it's legitimately a cool story. I'm excited for Reef. I'm excited for whoever they whoever gets to fill that two-way role as more guys pursuing the dream of playing in the NBA is always fun. Um, and now Duop, no doubt about it, sticking around. He was going to stick around anyways. And now you get to celebrate it officially official. That is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow's show is the Listener Summit. Uh, three listeners of the program are going to join me on this very podcast. And we're going to chat the Blazers to this point and what um, what sort of the path is forward for this team. Uh, if you've missed if you've listened to Listener Summits in the past, they're fun. They're, they're fun. It's a get a perspective of fans and listeners of the program. Um, you'll enjoy it. Come back and, and listen to that one tomorrow and uh, tell your friends about the program. Uh, Blazers don't play again until Friday. You're listening to Monday's show, Tuesday's show's Listener Summit. Um, we're going to have shows all week. Still trying to track down one more interview uh, later this week. So we're gonna, five, day, five days a week, wherever you get podcasts, also on YouTube. Come back and hang with us. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>